What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. And as promised, this is our second episode of the week. Thanks to all of your donations, uh, I'm going to try to continue to do two episodes every week um, from now on. So hopefully this is the norm. I wanted to kind of switch things up and not talk about the same stuff that I always talk about. Of course, we talked about Ben Simmons. Of course, we talked about Joel Embiid's comments at the top of this podcast. But I had my buddy Nihilus Bucks on, and we talked a little bit about the Sixers and the Bucks, how they match up, how, you know, he thinks the Bucks are going to fare this year, whether either team can beat the Nets. And we kind of just riffed for most of the episode and, and had a good time. So thanks to him for coming on. Thanks to anyone who reviewed last week. I got a few more reviews on Apple. Please continue to review on whichever platform that you use for podcasts. And if you could make a donation, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Once again, in the description, use the link tree. If you're having any issues donating with the link tree, I did have a few people reach out. Let me know because I can figure out some way to send you the direct link to Square so that you can donate and help support the podcast. I've gotten so much good feedback so many donations have been just overwhelmed with the response. And as I said, I want to continue making just content every single week and more and more. So the more you guys donate, the more stuff I'll pump out. So thank you so much and uh, enjoy the episode. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is just a great tweet that made me laugh. Uh, Jay Crowder misses a three. Bill Simmons. This is like 9 11. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. That's a classic. Uh,. Oh, this is, oh God, I'm just going through great tweets now. We should just read great tweets. This is content. Luke and Porzingis is like Kobe and Shaq, except Luke is Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> that was from 2019. Talking about calling your shot. Wow, that person really fucking saw the future. We work to work, you late to work, I holla in this You know my bread was colder in Chicago in December. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, aka Porter. And today we have a very special guest. He already has me laughing up top. You might know him as one of his many characters from Twitter, including journalist Gregory Smith. You might know him as Nihilus Bucks. What's going on, Nihilus Bucks? How are you? Uh, great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem, dude. I- I'm glad that now that I'm going through my weird existential dread surrounding my Sixers fandom, that I can have an expert on the subject to kind of coach me through this. <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk about the, why I wasn't on the first time earlier? <laughs> or do we want to skip that? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you mean when you doomed your own franchise? <laughs> by oh, God. I totally for- <laughs> See, I wipe things out of my memory that I want to forget. But for anyone that doesn't understand the context to this, uh, during the second round of the playoffs, I had reached out to you when... What game was it? Was it after I think game it was six? It was after game six of the net series. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Uh no, it was earlier in the series, I think, because I think it was the game that Kyrie got hurt. And 
we were like, we all just assume, I think the Sixers had just won game three. Like it, it was like midway through the series. And the assumption was that it was going to be Sixers Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I direct message you and was like, hey, dude, do you want to come on? Like, we'll talk like Eastern Conference Finals, like whatever. We'll, we'll chop it up. And you were like, yeah, that sounds great. But like, don't jinx us. Like, why are you fucking asking me now? And I was like, all right, we'll see. And then... Literally the next day, Kevin Durant scores like 50 points. Yeah, the, uh, uh, Nets won game five then. And after we collapsed like idiots, we should have won that game. And we'll get into this later. Yeah, but like the Bucks played and like morons. The Sixers, the Sixers played like total shit the next two games. Uh, and then obviously the Hawks win the series. Um, and from that point on, I, I mean, I... I kind of had a feeling that the Sixers were a little bit cursed, but I feel like we've really taken the torch from you guys now. Like, I feel like you guys were cursed before this season, like the past two seasons, like your te- you had championship level teams and you were just constantly running into the fucking wall in the second or third round of the playoffs. The wall. That's a funny name to call Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> Well, we have our own Eric Bledsoe now, and he he just happens to be a three-time All-Star and a former number one overall pick. And goddamn, you like that segue? That was fire, dude. That's also disrespectful um, to Eric Bledsoe because he, he shoots the ball. <laughs> he, he's not good at it, but he does it. Well, what's really funny is I thought the perfect metaphor for this situation with Embiid and Simmons, with Embiid finally being honest for the first time today, basically saying – he has felt like throughout his career that the team has actually done things to serve Ben Simmons and cover up his weaknesses as opposed to Joel Embiid. So essentially getting rid of Jimmy Butler so that Ben can have the ball more, getting Al Horford, bringing him in in free agency. And this whole time I've just been thinking it's like, No one was – when Eric Bledsoe was traded for Drew Holiday or when there were rumors that Eric Bledsoe was going to be traded or whatever after last season, no one was like, oh, man, if only Eric Bledsoe had his own team. (laughs) 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 Like the Ben Simmons stuff, like Ben – I think Ben at least – it's hard to say because I think that Ben's highs and Ben's sustained success throughout his career so far in the regular season has been higher than Eric Bledsoe's. And they've both had similar playoff collapses and failures. But the difference is that Ben Simmons was a former number one overall pick and has the name and fame and all that stuff. And Eric Bledsoe was just a punching bag for everyone in the NBA for some reason. Uh, yeah, uh, the only thing like he doesn't has any reclaim at all is because like someone gave him the nickname Mini LeBron or whatever. Like, <laughs> which like, who else was compared to LeBron? Uh, ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, according to Stephen A. Smith, he is uh, basically a jump shot away from being LeBron James. He's which Le- he no, he's LeBron plus Giannis. He's in the same body. <laughs> Because you just got to play hybrid. him. You just have to play him like Giannis. I don't understand. Why don't doesn't anyone else try this? Have you heard about this? What if they just played Ben Simmons like Giannis? No one has ever thought of this before, and I think you're on to something here. Because if you just played Ben Simmons like Giannis, he would shoot 75% at the rim. He would um, have better coordination. He would uh, be a more aggressive driver. He would be a better rim protector on defense. So he sh- Ben Simmons should literally just be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Have, you, have we like reached out to him, DM'd him this? 
Just, <laughs> just send him pictures of the finals. This could be you. Just play like this. Just have have the greatest defensive play in the fi- NBA history of the finals. Follow and then do it the next night with one of the greatest offensive plays in the history of the NBA finals. Just do that. Yeah, if only Ben Simmons could score uh, 50 points in an NBA Finals game, he's never scored more than 41 in a regular season game. How is, like, like this idea that Ben needs to be used like Giannis, if Ben was used like Giannis and there was no Joel Embiid in the picture, that would be like a play-in team. It would be like his LSU team, if we're being... Completely not even make the tournament. Ever goes, yeah, this dude, this dude's got it though. <laughs> we just completely overlook everything because it's it's basically just confirmation bias at this point. It's like, oh, yeah. I had all these thoughts about him. He didn't become what I thought he was going to become, but it's Joel and Beat's fault that he did up. First, it was Brett Brown, then it was the front office, and now it's Joel and Beat's fault. Yeah, it's definitely not his fault. <laughs> Is that, look, if if you expect a player to develop their game, that's honestly your fucking that's you're shaming them. You're publicly shaming Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, for not it's getting 2021. It. Damn it. You're not allowed to shame in public anymore. <laughs> it's like it's a ben, no game. Shaming. Maybe, maybe Ben's, yeah, exactly. Maybe Ben's kink is never getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, but uh, like Ben, you, it, it you just have it, all seems so absurd. You haven't improved at all. <laughs> <laughs> have you? I saw uh, a tweet that uh, is very serviceable to my uh, objectives or uh, whatever. Uh, my agenda—that's what I was looking for. Uh, Giannis has improved of his, his offensive game every single year more than Ben Simmons has at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was my buddy Ryan Jones. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was I, Ryan. That, that sounds Ryan. like, yeah. It's funny because Ryan was the number one Ben Simmons hater on Sixers Twitter, other than Spike Eskin, obviously, who has like the crown forever. But Ryan was like the guy. He literally, I remember him reaching out to me after the Celtics series a few years ago and being like, yeah, this guy's not it. This guy sucks. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, dude, he's like 20 years old. Like, he'll be fine. He's like, no, he sucks, dude. And I was like, all right. That's – and he maintained that. And finally – you know what's funny? He, I had him on the podcast earlier this year. And the o- basically the only reason he kind of came around on Ben was because that one game where Giannis uh, – when I believe – I don't even know if Joel played that game, but it was Sixers Bucks. And Ben played like the best defense he's ever played on Giannis, and he still got into foul trouble <laughs> and like couldn't guard him by the end of the game because he had five fouls. Was, so, that, was that the he's a baby game or was that a different game? No, that was more recent. The, the he's a baby game is total fucking classic. That was yeah. two years ago, three years ago, I think it was. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler was still on the Sixers when that when that happened. Those, those like iconic Bucks Sixers games at the end of the regular season in 2018, 2019, when Giannis scored like 40, you know, Embiid scored 40, and then Giannis had 50 in the second game, I think. Like, well, like back when the Sixers and Bucks were rivals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, back when we were both playoff frauds. Back, back when we were both just, and then you guys have now overcome that, and we now hold the torch for being the biggest playoff frauds in the world. So, 
Oh yeah, did I? Do you know I had the original Ben Simmons uh, shoot a three tracker account? I had the no. at, I had the at has Ben Simmons, and I think I started it in 2018 or 17. Yeah, it was just tweet no every single day. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just fucking. So did you just automate the tweets or you no, just tweeted? I, oh, I know. I personalized all of them. Uh, nope. No. 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 I was going to say I know going back to that Celtics. Sixer series from 2017-2018 that Jack Michael famously came up with the the shoot of three, you coward. Yeah, I had tweets like, I had uh, all that stuff where it was just like, Ben Simmons has more completed seasons than three-pointers. Kobe Bryant has more Oscars than Ben Simmons has (laughs) three-pointers. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in retrospect... Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about the Ben Simmons shooting threes, because I think that the Ben Simmons shooting threes thing has honestly and like I'm not the person that has said that Ben Simmons needs to shoot threes. I don't think Ben Simmons is good at threes. He can't even shoot free throws. I don't know why he would be a good three point shooter. It, it the, the argument has never made any sense to me, but it is a microcosm for him as a player refusing to do something <laughs> because it makes you look bad. And I didn't believe in any of this until this playoffs when I literally watched a clip earlier of when he spins out of the uh, the Gallo, like, he spins out of Gallo's, like, in the post, basically, and he runs into Trey Young and Pass he passes out to Matisse Thibel. And even on that play, he does a no-look pass. <laughs> You could just literally insert the clip of Giannis talking about missing free throws and doesn't care, blah, blah, blah. Ben Simmons cares. He cares a lot. Like, Giannis doesn't give a single... I'm assuming we could swear on this podcast, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Giannis doesn't... <laughs> Come on! Okay. Giannis doesn't give a single fuck. He will shoot threes forever. And it's hilarious because he has such, like, big game energy where every single big game, he always hits his first three. I don't, I don't, I can't explain it. It's, he just, like, net series, like, the finals, every single big game, he hits his first three, and you're like, what is happening? Oh, like. Yeah, and then he, and then he proceeds to go one for 12, and it doesn't matter because he's literally the best player in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Then he also went like 14 of 15 at the hole. So it's fine. (laughs) That's okay. And I talked about this earlier in the season. And I think that I had a miscalculation. Actually, my miscalculation was I said, I don't think Giannis should shoot threes because it doesn't help the Bucs. And I still stand by that point. But what you just brought up is the more important thing, which is that Giannis doesn't give a fuck, dude. Like he like I hate to do like the fucking boomer mamba mentality kobe shit but like Giannis just doesn't give a fuck like he just goes out there plays his game plays within the flow of the game is aggressive constantly and i was talking about this earlier because people just assume that because someone is a non-shooter quote-unquote that spacing the floor is equal for all non-shooters and i'm like well think about it like this If you space Ben Simmons out to the three-point line, if you put him in the corner, if you put him at the top of the key, teams can essentially just leave Ben Simmons alone because Ben Simmons, when he catches, he doesn't catch and get downhill like Giannis does. You can't just leave Giannis completely alone because 
if you do, then he's just going to get to the fucking hoop and slam it on your face <laughs> or draw a foul. He did it. He did it in the Clippers game. I believe it was earlier this year. It was um, it was like the game winning shot. Yes. He had yep. That exact play where they left Giannis by himself at the three point line. Def- defender goes to rotate, misses him because Giannis is too quick and strong, gets right by him to the hole, dunks it. The game's over. Like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, that was and, and the, you know, you know this very well, but there are Sixers fans who have been huge Giannis skeptics, including people that listen to my podcast and are probably. Is, is Spike Eskin to listen to your podcast? Because <sighs> I can call not. it. Okay, because I can call him a fucking dipshit because he kept calling <laughs> uh, Giannis Westbrook, who did. Paul the, Westbrook, right? Paul Westbrook. Yeah, like he deleted that tweet like a fucking coward. I actually went to go look for it today. It's it's all gone. Yeah, Spike's Spike's deleted all of uh, all of his wrong takes, but he loves to do the victory laps on the right takes. Like the be- he was right about Ben Simmons, but also he was wrong about Luka Doncic. He was wrong about Giannis, and I'm pretty sure that he was also anti Jokic. So like, like what three of the or four of the seven best players in the NBA, if you include Embiid and those three guys, are like as I said, the best players in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, undeniable it's like, at this point. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just go through like the top five or whatever, it's like Giannis, it, whatever order. Giannis, Durant, like I don't care. Uh, Curry, LeBron, and some order, and Harden, I guess. Though uh, uh, <laughs> we'll see if he can. T- I loved uh, Zach Lowe saying he, he's put a lot of miles off the court on his body. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about about Harden and the Nets and Durant and like they're all amazing players but when I was listening to that episode of the Low Post and they were talking about the Nets I was like god there's just nothing interesting about this team except for Kyrie shit off the court like there's nothing that they could talk about that makes me want to care about the Nets like it the assumption is that they're just going to crush and cruise out to the finals but like I just am like, whatever. Like, it, it feels so fake to me. Like, it doesn't, like, with the Bucks. like, when you guys won the title, I was happy for you, and I was happy for the Bucks fans. And I said uh, earlier in the season, if the Bucks make it to the finals, I would root for them because I like to see small markets and, and players that were drafted by their team and all that stuff. I'm like, the Nets are just, like, the epitome of soulless. Like, yeah. they're, they're all just, like... It is very Brooklyn, to be honest. It's all people that weren't drafted by the franchise. It's all people that move there to find themselves in their late 20s, early 30s. Like, to restart their comedy careers. Call back to the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blake Blake Griffin uh, headlining the Bell House this weekend. Uh, if you guys are interested, tickets are in the bio. Um, but- oh, you just real quick to interrupt you there. Uh, I want to talk about players drafted by the Bucks. How many players drafted by the Bucks played in the finals this year? Yeah. Uh, Giannis. Was oh, Giannis that, the only one? Because Giannis is the only Buck who played in the finals <laughs> drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, but Middleton Bucks. was traded after Middleton his rookie was, season. Yes, Middleton has been. Middleton and Giannis okay. have been here the same time. He's one of our guys. I'm not going to pretend that like counts. he's not. But yeah. Dante, well, Dante was hurt. He's the only other. The, yeah, he's the only other Bucks draft pick on the team. <laughs> like, just completely negating what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, yeah, it's Giannis's team and city and everything else, and obviously that. But like, is what you meant. But yeah, there's no other. <laughs> <It's>, 
Yeah, there's really no other like, but but I would consider Chris Middleton a homegrown talent. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. Chris is yeah. Chris is Chris is my dad. Uh, I love him. <laughs> I would I would probably take a bullet for Chris Middleton. Like you know, you have you have said now to me like how many? I'm trying to think. Uh, you would die for PJ Tucker. You would die, yes. or you would have died for P- yes. Bobby Portis. Um, yes. Chris Middleton, Giannis. Yes, yes. George Hill was George Hill on the list? No. <laughs> you wouldn't die for George Hill. Right. No, I like George Hill. Yeah, but not die. Like not. Uh, you know, he's like I a second a bullet. I take a bullet in the arm for Brooke Lopez. Oh, uh, that's good. I would probably die for Drew Holiday, though I have a feeling he could deflect bullets at this point. Like, I don't know what he'd need me for. <laughs> he'd just steal the gun. He'd just take the gun. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, basically, to, to kind of wrap up the whole Embiid Simmons to this point, my initial reaction to the Embiid comments were like, oh, no. This is bad. Like this is this has got to the point where it's like Daryl Morey, what the fuck are you doing? Trade Ben Simmons. But in my mind, I of course have a I am poisoned by what is called GM brain. And my first thought was, oh no, teams are gonna use this to like take away a draft pick or like take away a young player that might be on the table in the trade. But realistically, what Embiid said about the situation is 100% facts. Like he basically said, we've tried to make this thing work. We've always been building around Ben. Now we're trying to build around both of us. And Ben once out is blaming Joel for everything. Ultimately, I don't think that it's going to hurt his trade value. Like if he has any trade value now, like at all, like I don't even know what the fuck the situation is. He's now threatening to sit out the entire season and not take any money, which would be historical. No player has ever done that. So we are at a point with this fucking situation where I've said it a hundred times. I just want this shit to be over. It's not interesting. It's not fu- like just, just fucking pull the trigger. Do it. Pull the trigger. Make the trade, Daryl Morey. I'm sick of talking about this shit. Anyway, that was my event. It's very funny to me, though. Of course. <laughs> it's funny to everyone who is not a Sixers fan. Yeah. Especially fans of the Bucks, the Celtics, the, the teams that, like, have, I mean, like, we're not even rivals. Let's be honest. You guys have kind of owned, outside of the Christmas Day game, I feel like you guys have kind of owned us over the years. I don't really think it's all that much of a rivalry anyway. It always, yeah, it's always just felt like we were always like at this arms race to build up for this inevitable series in the playoffs that never came. And it's now weird. It's just, now it's just gone. Like the seventy sixers are no more. Like let's like you haven't beat. You'll still be good, but it's like they're like the unless you pull some bullshit out of your ass for this trade, which I don't see happening, but. Because I don't see a player you can bring back unless you somehow, unless Dame just says, fuck this. And even then, Damon Embiid is not enough, I don't think. I mean, depending on what you have to give up with Ben, is it? Because the the Trailblazers are going to, if Dame ever asks out, they're looking to do full blow up, rebuild, whatever. And anything that you have to give up to get back Damian Lillard might just completely gut your team to the point where it isn't going to contender anymore. If you have those two guys, I think you have a shot, but the point is, is that none, neither of that is happening anytime soon. No one, no superstar is just going to ask out tomorrow. The 
Get the fucking Kyrie Irving shit out of your head. That's not real. That's all fucking made up. Are we, like, okay. Are we sure Kyrie Irving is real at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie might be a figment of our imagination. It's That's true. what I, I, I'm just not sure this is a real person anymore. Like maybe he disappeared. Has he, he's transcended to another plane of existence yes. from just like yes. doing too many like DMT trips to South America. <laughs> <laughs> he's just doing ayahuasca, like really. Ky- Ky- yeah. He's going to come out and say like, uh, Kyrie Irving is no more. I am small mountain. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the artist formerly known as Kyrie Irving. Yeah, like he'll have that all in his jersey, and then he'll say he also forgot how to play basketball or something, and then it'll just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I, think that uh, even if they got Kyrie, uh, he would just retire. <laughs> and then we would salary dump Ben Simmons to the Nets to blow up the Nets in the playoffs, and then James Harden would sign with us next offseason, seven-dimensional chess move right there. <laughs> Ben Simmons on the Nets is so hilariously bad. I want it to happen. Like, it is just like, do you, I remember they had Bruce Brown. It's adding another Bruce Brown into their lineup. It's like <laughs> tall Bruce Brown. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you're you going to give us another player we don't have to guard? Okay. Like, <laughs> it's like, so Ben Simmons has gone from the next LeBron to tall Rondo to tall Bruce Brown. Yes. It's like a Pokemon D evolution chart. <laughs> it's an anamorph. And it's the saddest anamorphs. Just what? shrinking. <laughs> what What's so funny is I, I I saw someone tweet. They were like, as much shit as Ben Simmons gets, like by every standard, if he continued, even if he just got like two more all-star teams and like a bunch of defensive, like first team defense or second team defense or whatever, he's probably going to make the Hall of Fame. And he is currently the laughing stock of the NBA. That's just how it is nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and people still debate if Dwight Howard's a first ballot Hall of Famer for some reason. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, yeah, Ben Simmons is a Hall of Fame. Like, obviously, he's Dwight Howard and Carl Anthony that are first ballot Hall of Famers. But, like, people keep bringing that up on Twitter. I don't know if it's still happening, but that was at least a couple years ago. That was always happening. And it's like, are you people yeah. morons? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> was like a top three player in the NBA for like two years. <laughs> like what? Clearly. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weaker era, but like he was still one of the best players in the NBA for like a stretch of time. He, took, just, the Orla- he took the Orlando Magic to the finals. End of discussion. That should just make you Hall of Famer. <laughs> With a uh, professional podcaster, JJ Redick uh, and Philadelphia legend, Jameer Nelson. So please. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Be sure to give that. That was not that was not just a carry job, obviously. <laughs> Richard Lewis fucking slander on this podcast. Um, all right. So let's get into the next topic, which is um, something that Sixers fans will absolutely hate. So that means that you're, you're going to love it. Um, did the process and Drew Holiday being traded on draft night to New Orleans lead to the championship for the Bucs. And my second question is, so the process worked is what you're saying. Yes, the process worked. It got the Bucs a title. Like that was the, <laughs> that was the end goal, right? You <laughs> traded away Drew Holiday for Nerlens Noel. That, that, that was the correct 2013 draft pick, right? That was the, that was the guy, right? Yeah, no, he was the best player on the board. <laughs> <laughs> no other, other future Hall of Famers went after him. 
you sent him to, and also Alfred for Alfred Payton too, I think. Wasn't there Alfred Payton? Because we you had Payton. Alfred Payton. Yeah. Okay, hold on. We got Dario Saric and a first round pick for El- Alfred Payton in the next draft, 2014, yeah. <laughs> which was the draft that we actually got right. We The only draft that Hinky really crushed was 2014. That was the draft that he got. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, that was the one where he got Joel with the third pick when you guys took Jabari Parker, uh, Bucks legend Jabari Parker. And he got Sarich with like the 11th pick, a future first round pick. And then in the second round, he got Jeremy Grant. And I believe he signed Christian Wood as an unrestricted free agent. Yes. So that draft Buck, was fantastic. Bucks legend Christian Wood. A, a, another Sixers Buck, Bucks legend, uh, Christian we had, Wood. We cut Christian Wood to re-sign. Oh, God. Oh, t- what was his name? Uh, God, he was G League guard, which we always do. It wasn't. It wasn't the Brandon Jennings revival. What was his name? Uh, Tim. Oh God. Tim Frazier. Yeah, Tim Frazier. That's who it was. Sixers yeah, legend. Tim Wood. Yeah, we cut <laughs> Penn State cut legend Christian Tim Wood Frazier. to sign Tim Frazier. Well, that was, was kind worth of, it. Uh, the Bucks. Well, the Bucks front court kind of was like packed, and he was never going to get minutes here anyway. But so it kind of worked out for both parties, but like, and we were had no guards at that point and we still had no cards after, but, and, and to be fair, uh, Christian Wood got signed and cut by every team in the NBA, including the Sixers, like four times. Yeah. He played in China for a period of time. Like he, and he got cut by the team in China too. So it's not like, it's not like we were the only ones, but, but didn't you guys get rid of him right before he was really good? Oh no, he was the G league MVP on the herd. Yeah. And then we, we signed him and then I don't think we, yeah, we cut him, I think to and then let he signed him with the Pelicans, the, no Pistons, Pistons. Okay. He went to Bucks East, uh, for a while there, until they changed uh, management again, the bu- the Pistons were literally Bucks East. Like if you were, because like Thon Maker was there. Yeah. Like just every single Buck who went away, we were just doing trades with the the Pistons for some reason. Just I don't know if we said off. good working. It was just like, yeah. Do you guys want John Lewis? We'll take Tony Snell. Okay. <laughs> just completely irrelevant players being swapped yeah. back and forth. But yeah, so so the Sixers trade Drew Holiday. I feel like there's a lot in the middle we're missing here, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> a, a little bit. A little bit. Drew Holiday goes on to become – he obviously had injury uh, problems. He had His wife had health concerns, and he took some time off from basketball. He developed into a much better player. He was a good player with the Sixers. He made an all-star team with the Sixers, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes, he did <laughs> indeed. Yeah, I was like I, – I remember vividly that he, he made the all-star team when he was on the Sixers. And then, of course, there was this whole controversy because we wanted to be bad enough to get a Joel Embiid in the next draft, essentially. That was yes. the point, because if you keep Drew Holiday, you're going to be too good to get a high draft pick. And that was our goal. So we get Joel Embiid. It works out for both sides, obviously. He goes to New Orleans. He develops. He he lifts that fraud, Anthony Davis, to the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> but he yes. shuts down Damian Lillard. <laughs> Gets the Blazers and they sweep him and Drew Holiday, clearly the best player on the Pelicans at the time, better than Anthony Davis. Yes. They, they get to the second round and then David Griffin comes in and does his own process with the Pelicans, keeps Drew Holiday for a year, takes back. My, and I brought this up on the last episode, but like 
my favorite part about David Griffin is that like he traded for Eric Bledsoe and then he took the player George Hill who fits better with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Yeah, the good player. (laughs) So here's a funny solid player. I got a comment after this. Yeah, but keep going. No, no. But uh, what I'm saying is he then took him and traded him for another player that does not fit with the team at all. And Steven Adams and And added first round pick and then immediately extended him too. (laughs) for no reason. Yeah. And then salary dumped him a year later with a first round pick at Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Uh, So funny story about uh, George Hill at all, because obviously the Pelicans didn't give a single shit about George Hill being in the trade or not. Uh, So. We also didn't want to trade George Hill, but we were trying to perfectly thread the needle for the Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, sign and trade right. that didn't happen uh, because because Bogdan agent needs to go to hell. Uh, so same agent, same agent screwed over the Sixers, by the way. Yeah, I know with Belly. Yeah, yeah, Belita. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah Nemanja Belita from. Yeah, also we were trying to perfectly thread the needle with those contracts. Uh, so that was the way that trade happened. The way it did. And then that fell apart. And I was like, God, we could have just had George Hill and Drew Holiday. And it was like, oh, that made me sad. And then and then obviously I'm not sad anymore. And now <laughs> you do. Now you do again. Yeah, now we do. Because he flamed out with the Sixers like most point guards do. So <laughs> here's my theory about George Hill and why he kind of flamed out is because when he was playing with George Hill or uh, Eric Bledsoe, he had to be the adult in the room. And he was kind of okay, good at it, but like he had to be actually point guard one because Eric Bledsoe is not a point guard. He's an angry badger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just give him the ball and he just starts like randomly flying around. And sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. Uh, and then same with Ben Simmons, who was not a threat on offense. So George Hill basically had to be point guard one again. And now he has to be point guard three. Like <laughs> with if you give Giannis or Chris the other point guard spot, he just has to come in and be an adult. Like, I think he's going to do great. Like, yeah, I mean, again. Uh, apparently George Hill literally only knows how to play for the Bucks. Like anytime he goes to another team, it's just like, eh, here's the same. Here's the same guy. He was not good on the Kings. He was not good on the Cavs. He's not good on the Sixers. He was fine with the Thunder, but like playing the most low stakes basketball of all time. And as you said, he was working off Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is really the lead creator on that team. And now you guys got him for less than half of what we paid for him. We paid 10. We, by the way, we sent out like four second round picks in that trade. Yes, you did. Tony Bradley. We sent out fucking, we, we, we get back George. In my mind, I'm like, well, at least we have a tradable contract this off season. At least we can, attach a young player or picks or whatever and get back a better role player if George Hill doesn't work out. And no, we uh, decide to waive George Hill, pay him $1 million to not play for the Sixers. Then he immediately signs with the Bucks, the only team he's good on and the team that is, uh, you know, directly above us in, in the East. So And the team he called racist. And uh, <laughs> it was like... I yeah, like we talked about a pre-show. I could not believe that actually happened. Like the way he left. So did okay. he call the team racist or did he call the owners? Racist? He called the owner. He well, he never directly said anything, but he made uh, corollaries and uh, connections because he was one of the, he was the main leader behind the sitting out that playoff game in the bubble. Yeah, after the uh, the shootings in Wisconsin, and then uh, they he thought he got traded because of that. 
and uh, not because his contract was big and we wanted Drew Holiday. Yeah. Uh, so that's what kind of what happened there. I don't know if we just like hat sat down and hashed it out at some point or what. There was no comments on it at his media day or anything. He just talked about how happy he was to be back, and it was just like and like the day as soon as he resigned, he's like like in the Bucks Instagram comments and tweets or whatever, just like like he never left, and it's like whatever. George Hill's back, hooray! <laughs> Well, dude, it's like he basically he left the Sixers and then tried to recruit Danny Green to the box. Yeah, that was like, oh, man, George Hill's just back, baby. <laughs> George Hill fucking hates the Sixers. If he hates anyone, yeah. he fucking hates the Sixers. Yeah, it's just maybe it's just like, oh, God, I had it so good. <laughs> I think he apparently also tried to recruit Dwight Howard to go there. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Dwight Howard tried to recruit Danny Green back to the Lakers, which, once again, Dwight Howard, they just got rid of you a year ago. They they didn't even want to pay you the veterans minimum. Like, and now you're trying to recruit players. So I will say, George Hill, you are now enemy number one in Philadelphia. Actually, enemy number two, just like you were point guard two behind Ben Simmons here. You're both now one and two. And then Dwight Howard's three. So they're all on my shit list now. And I will be rooting against them for the rest of time. And also, you're kind of an asshole for being unvaccinated. It's very clear that you were the two players on the team last year who were not unvaccinated. Yeah. Or who were. Yeah, he's uh, an interesting character. George Hill. Uh Without getting too far into it, I've heard some rumblings about he likes to be the devil's advocate of without going too deep into it. He likes to just get into arguments because that's not surprising at all. Like, that's pretty much what I've heard is he like he like to start arguments. He doesn't even agree with it, but he just likes to get into them and like we'll just like push people's buttons. And it's like, all right, dude. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really surprised just based on his, uh, based on his public personality. He, um, he's a big hunter too, right? He's a yeah, and that's Carson the reason White. why he's, that's the reason why he's private on Instagram now. Because people got mad at him for killing a bunch of animals. I think so. I mean, where where did he grow up? Indiana. Uh, I don't know that. I don't know George Hill's backstory think, like that. I but. think he's from Indianapolis, so. Maybe him and Carson Wentz can hang out in the offseason and kill animals. That would be cool. <laughs> Them and Mike Trout making the weirdest three-athlete combo in the world. Does Mike Trout hunt? Mike Trout, I don't know, but Mike Trout and Carson Wentz are like best friends, so I'd assume they've hunted together. Yeah, well, Mike Trout's from Philly, and he's a, Eagles, a huge Eagles fan, so that would make yeah. sense that him and Carson Wentz would be boys. So the unvaccinated players that are on the Sixers and on – the Bucks now. I don't think we have anyone left. Do you think George Hill will be, is he? Have, are you guys mostly vaccinated now? Uh, all I really know is the uh, Lazary said that uh, at media day that the team is mostly vaccinated, and Giannis publicly said he was. And I know Drew and Chris are. So the big three is all vaccinated, and I have a feeling uh, if Giannis is vaccinated, they will get George Hill to stop uh, to get the vax because. Just that's how the team works, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that everyone I've heard, I'm pretty sure that everyone on the Sixers is vaccinated now, so they won't hopefully be having the same issues that they had last year. I 
The protocols are going to be weird. It's going to be another weird fucking season. We're still living in the middle of a fucking pandemic. But I'm pretty sure the two players that were not vaccinated were George Hill and Dwight Howard. They're both off the team now. So hopefully, I know that Philadelphia and Milwaukee, I'm assuming, don't have the highest protocol levels like they do in San Francisco and in New York where like those players literally might have to lose a ton of money and miss games and like visiting players like Jonathan Isaac might not be able to play there. fucking Bradley Beal like this season's going to be weird again um but basically like what it comes down to is like now we're at a point where the fucking NBA is going to be like I know everyone's like going to say like, oh, this is the next, this was the next part of player empowerment. And like they're now the players control like whatever, like realistically the league is going to come, is going to eventually get to the point where this hopefully is, is not an issue anymore. Not when they came out today and said 95% of the players were vaccinated. I laughed. Oh, I laughed so hard at that Woj tweet. And he goes, play certain players such as Kyrie Irving. Did he say yeah. that? Woj was just like, so there's some uh, the concerns with some of the unvaccinated stars of the NBA, uh, such as Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal, hyphen, hyphen, like just such as Kyrie Irving. Laugh, I laughed so hard that he was Woj just like, oh I'm sick God. of this shit. He clearly, it, Woj, Woj is so snarky. He makes it so obvious when he doesn't like a player. Like he'll just like constantly go out of his way to be like, yeah, Kyrie's being a fucking idiot. He does it with LeBron too. He does not like LeBron. I don't. I don't think that he has any inroads at clutch. So he, uh, no, he doesn't. He goes out of his way to shit on LeBron. But that's because Shams is a bootlicker. What? Yeah, obviously, okay. Shams is <laughs> sh- Shams is the most shameless journalist in the world. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude, he <laughs> loves he lo- he loves nothing more than doing like a nice redemption story for a like Derrick Rose type. It's so annoying. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's completely disgusting. He does it. It's literally like the week after someone gets arrested for like domestic abuse or like something horrible. And he'll be like, we're on a, you know, we're going to do a video talk about what he's learned over the last week, which is um, uh, that he can't get away with doing whatever the fuck he wants, basically. And then just repairing their image like a fucking he's absolutely disgusting, dude. Ken- Kendrick Nunn Jr. is here to talk about. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting, dude. It's it's absolutely disgusting yeah. what he does to go. I t- I talked about last week with like bootlicking journalists and like people that go out of their way to repair someone's public image just as a favor to an agent or like a favor to like a front office, whatever it is. It's like so transparently terrible. Like I don't think Woj goes as far as Shams does. The I just for some reason that just reminded me of just shameless journalism. Like when Wo when a uh, Woj was forced to plug Duncan Robinson's podcast for the- <laughs> <laughs> to get the scoop. But he had him in his own podcast that he was he was plugging yeah, up. No, but he had to scoop. No, for when he got the scoop for Duncan Robinson's contract, he also had to plug Duncan Robinson's podcast. Oh my! It is God. The, one of the funniest Woj tweets ever. Oh my God! Like that's part of the deal. You get this info. You got to plug my fucking po- – what? what? <laughs> Who listens? Like Duncan Robinson's podcast is for people that think J.J. Reddick is too spicy. 
<laughs> like, ah, it's a little, that's a little risque for me. I, I, I listen to Duncan Robinson's podcast. Duncan Robinson is the marshmallow mateys of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the RC Cola of podcasts. The Dr. Thunder. He, no, he uh, is like, oh my God, dude. I can't believe, I, I guess if you're just like a white shooter, you need to have a podcast. That is, uh, th- that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on from, let's just talk a little bit about something that is near and dear to both of our hearts, which is something that you might have come overcome recently. I should say, uh, is hating Mike Budenholzer because I personally have a place of hatred in my heart. For one, Mr. Doc Rivers as a coach, not as a person. I don't really care about that. Although he was a fucking asshole to a journalist again today. Like, dude, like he's so fucking snarky to these journalists. It drives me insane. Um, But now you were famous on Twitter as being the fire Mike Budenholzer guy. Yes, I commissioned the avatar and everything. You were the first person I saw use the hashtag fire bud. You led the fucking movement on Twitter. And now... Have you had a change of heart? Uh, if, well, I could turn my camera on real quick. There's a Mike Budenholzer autograph sitting behind me. So that's... <laughs> I ha- Is that recent? Yeah, I bought it after the title. Like, let's not... I have every single person on the team besides Elijah Bryant and... Uh, You're shameless. Yeah, uh, yeah no, 100% shameless. Uh, I've come all the way around. Uh, I was... Yeah, I changed Hire Bud to ha- or, uh, Fire Bud into hashtag Extend Bud. Uh, he can coach this team forever. I don't care anymore. He, okay. We want to talk about a fraud, like a fraud ass coach. Uh, here's my take. Monty Williams is a fucking fraud as coach. That, Ooh, that dude, spicy. that dude is one of the, like, that dude is everything people say Bud was like, but he like talks to Deandre Ayton about catching a fish or whatever. So therefore he's a fucking great coach. Like that dude is one of like, is miscoached or was like that was malpractice in the finals. That was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen. Like I don't pretend to be an expert on basketball. I, I'm here to make jokes. I'm not here to do X's and O's like I'm Jack Frank or something. Uh, I like he literally just fouled out DeAndre Ayton by himself. It was the, the funniest con- constantly because DeAndre Ayton was like he'd pull him with four fouls and he'd sit for like 20 minutes and it's like you, you realize it's the same thing as fouling him out, right? Like <laughs> it's just I hate when coaches do that. It's literally drives me insane. Oh no, let's put this player on the bench for 15 minutes. It's the same thing. And it's like, oh yeah, Giannis is now matched up with Frank Kaminsky. Let's see how this goes. Oh, Giannis has 40. <laughs> oh, this ended very poorly. Who could have possibly seen? I mean, we had the same fucking thing here in Philly with Doc just constantly playing Dwight Howard, even though the Sixers would get fucking slaughtered every time he played. It's just coach stubborn coaches who don't learn from their mistakes will always fail. And that is something that it took Budenholzer until this season. I do think there's been a little bit of like rewriting history when it comes to this stuff, too, because I had people that I know that were like, yeah, but like, I think he got too much shit before. No, and like, no. No, I'm like, no. Dude, come on. Like, dude, he literally wasn't even playing Giannis like 35 minutes a game at one yeah. point in the playoffs. Oh, like two years. Yeah, the Raptor series, baby. Like, you're not playing literally your best two players, Chris Middleton and, uh, well, at the time it was Malcolm Brogdon, obviously. I'm but, going to uh, attack you. 
<laughs> I knew you'd like that. Uh, in, he wasn't playing Chris Middleton at Giannis extended periods of time. He finally learned. Oh, my yeah. God. If you play your best players for so, 40 minutes. Can I, I want to tell you about my theory. Because it was like through press conference clips the whole season. Legitimately, I think Drew Holiday hijacked the team. Because he was like, like he, I'm pretty sure Drew Holiday is like our coach. It's awesome. Like, <laughs> like in the post game, he was talking about all these different things we needed to do. And I was like, yes, Drew. Like Drew is literally like Drew was like telling Bud like what the play was going to be instead of like what we like. He was talking about like an out of bounds play. Drew Holiday was the one who like just called it instead of like Mike Budenholzer. And uh, so a fraud. Yeah, maybe who cares? But he came up with the idea. <laughs> I think during the after we it was either the Nets series or the Sun series. I forget which one it was. After we went down 0-2 and he 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 asked the players what can we do to get back in the series and then did those things and it's like oh 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 my god God. it's like it's is it that easy is coaching this easy but (laughs) apparently i mean uh, that's the thing in the nba the nfl i do think that like i think that coaching like i think the hardest part of coaching is like in the nba specifically is like quote unquote managing egos and like getting everyone to be on the same page and like get along and like buy in and shit. Like that's definitely the hardest part. But like, dude, if you literally just listen to the low post after like game two, I'm sure Zach said all the same shit that Drew said. Yeah. Like it, the, the X's and O's, the tactical stuff. I really don't think it's as hard as people make it out to be. And literally like one of the things that, I said was like, and I don't think that I, I think that Bud did get a lot of shit before rightfully so, Hundred percent. but he's, he's always been an excellent regular season coach and literally all he had to do was just play Giannis more like 42 minutes a game. And it's like, Oh yeah. Giannis is like the best player in the NBA or at worst, like the second or third best player in the NBA. And if he goes on a hot streak, we'll probably win the title. It's not fucking rocket science, dude. Giannis's finals is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Judging how he died (laughs) a week before. Like, yeah. People never really talk about that either. I know it's because people hate Giannis. I don't know why, but it's just, like game six was xenophobia. Maybe who knows, but game six is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Like Chris did not play well. Drew played fine on defense, but like, wasn't, you know, good drew offensive game. Giannis just said the finals are over. They're done. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to Phoenix for this shit. We're winning now. It's over. And it was just absurd. But anyway, that's what goats do, dude. That's what the best players of all time. Like, I know it's, once again, boomer rhetoric, fucking whatever. But at a certain point, there is like another level that that we saw Giannis get to that I hope that we could eventually see Joel Embiid get to in in the playoffs on the biggest stage. A, t- a that, top like, 15 player of all time at the age 26? I mean, <laughs> just I know. I'm just- right. Come on. <laughs> go on. A, go on a fucking run. Like, I know Joel has it in him to have – an extended half playoff, half, a playoff half of good basketball. <laughs> it's true. It's it's actually. I I will say. Uh, I don't know if Jan if if Embiid will ever be able to stay healthy for an entire playoff. I, the funniest thing. Sorry, I'm interrupting. You're trying to plead to Embiid. The funniest thing about last <laughs> last year's playoffs, and I'm sorry, was Clint Capella saying he's gonna Embiid's gonna tire out. Like it's fine. And it, like first first half, Embiid cooks Capella, and everyone's laughing at him. The second half, Embiid made, it was went the one for 12 or whatever didn't do anything and i was like oh my god he rope a dope yeah he literally used Ro- the rope a dope strategy in philly i 
Well, no, that that game was in Atlanta, oh, but, but uh, he he did he did that in game five too, and Embiid was, but he, Embiid didn't go one for twelve in the second half or whatever in that game. But I I I will say, could you imagine if Joel Embiid had Chris Middleton or even fucking Drew Holiday to like take five percent of the load off his back, ten percent yeah, of the load I, off his I, back? I was told Tobias Harris was better than Chris Middleton. Did something happen there? I've been told. Uh, I, I don't know many people who've said that, though, because even when I said I thought that Tobias was playing a, 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 high, a just as high level as Middleton this season, I said Middleton was the better player. And also, middle, the thing about Middleton, the difference between Middleton and Tobias Is, Harris. Yeah, Middleton's good. There's two, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, no, but the main difference is, is the fact that, like, Middleton is one, a very tough shot maker, which is incredibly valuable in the playoffs. He can hit tough threes off the dribble. He can get into his mid range game. And two, he doesn't just stop shooting. Like one of the biggest things with Tobias Harris has always been like, he'll, he'll literally be fucking LeBron James in the first quarter of games and he'll score 14 points and you'll be like 18 points. And then he'll finish with like, 19 points <laughs> he just completely disappears after the first quarter and one of the things that i respected about middleton and he proved in this playoffs is that he can be a closer who has joel Embiid ever had that's even been close to that level of like even jimmy butler wasn't shooting threes off the dribble oh god we i could slander jimmy butler for the next 45 minutes i want to talk about jimmy butler who got outscored by Bryn, who in a uh, Bryn forbes uh, noted uh, NBA champion Bryn Forbes uh, scored 60 points. Jimmy Butler scored 58 for the entire series. And never oh forget. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, the, the number one thing on Jimmy Butler's resume. It's very easy to hate, hate on Jimmy Butler and the Heat, which is why I look forward to doing this season. And ESPN and Rachel Nichols, because they're one and the same. Uh, well, she's, she's out of I know, it's wonderful. Now, but Well, I will say, I think that Heat culture is going to be – they're going to be stupidly locked in this year, and they're going to be a very scary play-in team. <laughs> I, here's what I picture the Heat are going to do because it just feels perfect narratively. They're going to start for like 10 for like 10 and 2 or something like really hot, and everyone's going to be like, oh, shit. There's a, is there a, a new – or, and it's going to be and the Bucks will be like nine and three or something. And I'll be like, are the Heat the second best team in the East? <laughs> and then 100 percent. And then uh, the Bucks are going to end up with the one or the two seed. I feel like the NBA should mandate that the Nets Bucks cannot be the Eastern Conference semis again. I just feel like that's not like they need to like step in and just reseed if it gets to that point. But I don't think it will be. I think that I think that. You guys will probably be one and two. I would hope so. But then again, neither of our teams care. I don't think so. <laughs> it's just like true, true, true. But, it, but, but the difference, well, I don't know about the bucks, but the difference with the nets not caring is that like now they have like a ton of depth and it's like, so even if like fucking Kyrie goes on a vision quest or James Harden fucking sits out with a hamstring or whatever. It's like they'll still probably be pretty good enough, like good enough to hold the one seed. But you're right. They don't give a shit. They're going to rest all their guys because they have three. They have three injury prone like superstars. So it's just like they saw what happened last. They're going to play even less this year. I don't I think they're going to play <laughs> just enough to secure a home court. I don't know how like if they get the three or the one or the two. I don't know if they care. 
Like I, they're gonna like barely fight. They'll play like fucking fifteen games each. They'll play. They'll they'll no. They'll play just enough to like qualify for like all NBA or whatever it yeah. is, and then whatever bonuses that they have to hit. Well, yeah. I th- let's see. They already have all their super maxes locked up, right? Like except Kyrie. I think they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I actually you you might be right. They might just be like fuck it and and play as I mean as KD said like people want to rewrite history and talk about like whatever happened, like the majority, the injuries that they, that those guys had, like Kevin Durant was coming off an Achilles, uh, fucking Kyrie was just kind of a freak thing. Harden had the hamstring thing. Like I would be surprised if all three of them were healthy come playoff time. But if you have Harden and Durant healthy, like it might not matter. I, I know we're getting into the. I I think that if the Bucks just don't play like idiots and play like how they did in the Sun series, uh, the we'll still will easily beat the Nets even if they're all healthy. Really, yeah. you're that confident? Oh yeah, like the Bucks, like the Bucks should have won that series in four or five, except they just played like absolute morons. Like the Bucks, they did play like shit the first two games and the game five. We should have won that one too. Like we should have literally closed it out in five or six, and then we just played like idiots and made it go seven. Like, yeah, but I mean, Kyrie was Kyrie got hurt. Harden had fucking one leg, and Durant Durant did go into God mode. Yeah, but also like, if if the Nets can stay healthy, which will be a big if, I don't see anyone beating them unless. Unless Giannis just continues to get even better, which is totally possible. The, the Nets have like, no one to guard Giannis whatsoever, and it's just they've compo- fully committed to it. And I don't want to say he's the greatest player in the world or even on the same tier, but the Bucks were without one of their uh, – their Dante is not a lot, but he can guard decent enough, and we didn't have that, so we were forced to play PJ, and our defense was always a little weird when the two, be- three, the two of the other best players are guards. So our defense can be a lot better just with Dante or – I can't, and I we just got Grayson Allen for free, so we're even like deeper at that position. Like that's one of the wildest trades of the offseason. Just the Bucks just getting Grayson Allen for free. Like, yeah, he's a solid player. Com- I don't, I don't think he's. He's like, yeah, yeah he's, he's like fine. Thir- he's a fine bench player. He's like thirty nine percent from three or whatever, and like can switch on defense. It's like, yeah, this is a perfect buck. What? Why did we just get him for Sam Merrill? What? What just happened? <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of weird, but the Grizzlies seem to be going into like a weird reset where they don't want to pay anyone, and they're just like, "All right, we'll take whatever prospect." And then you Sam Merrill is like eighty-seven. Sam Merrill is ninety-eight years old. Great, I think Sam Merrill is older than Grayson Allen. Like, he, yeah, he was like twenty-four yeah. when he came out of the draft. Luka right? Doncic yeah. of the Mountain West. Uh, yeah, well, well, you brought up Dante Divincenzo, the Michael Jordan of Delaware, yes. as they call him in these parts. Yeah, so like it's Villanova very fucking hero. interesting. We traded for another 2018 rookie. I'm, I kept saying it's like the you know, the Dark Knight where the Joker breaks the pool cue and throws it and says we're gonna have tryouts. It's like one of you is getting the rookie extension. Have fun. Like, <laughs> how many guys have you got from 2018? Just Dante, and, Gray- Dante and Grayson. Oh, just uh, but both. Yeah, you they got play the same two position. White shooters, yeah. Dude. Uh, yeah, you're like fucking Spolcher, dude. You're just collecting white shooters, like fucking 4chan. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think, like, the Bucks are going to have more offense than they did last year because we're not going to be playing P.J. Tucker. Like, obviously, uh, t- P.J. Tucker obviously annoyed Kevin Durant enough, but, like, when you saw what happened when Giannis was guarding Kevin Durant or Drew was guarding Kevin Durant, it's like, what? Like, if we are forced to have Giannis guard Kevin Durant instead of 
I don't free safety. Oh no, what could possibly go wrong with that? Did you see Yadish? Yeah, I agree with Kevin that. Durant. I also think PJ Tucker has become like the most overrated role player in the NBA. I now. would hope that to be true because even if because he's not on my team anymore, otherwise I will die for him. But uh, but like what? Okay, here's the thing. You just brought up a great point. You were like, it was a nice luxury to have. PJ Tucker on Kevin Durant. But when PJ Tucker signed with the Heat, everyone acted like it was some coup. I'm like, dude, they're paying a guy $8 million that just like shot like a career, like one of the lowest that he shot from three in years. He doesn't shoot that many threes. He scored like seven points in the finals. Like, yeah, he is like a good locker room guy, I've heard. And like, he has that grit mentality and he's like a tough defender. And all of the fucking, you know, just generic shit that we say about role players. But, like, what does he actually bring to the court that, like, you can't find um, just, like, a random a random guy in free agency? You mean dollar store P.J. Tucker and Semi Ojale? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, no, honestly, like, I, I think that, like, Semi isn't uh, – Semi sucks, but – he is a dollar store version. Like he will be fine filling in as like your ninth man or whatever you need him to be. Say what you want about John Horace because the man can't draft. It's fine. Uh, but the man is so good at finding players that were good and just getting like shit versions of them. Because like when we lost Malcolm Brogdon because the owners refused to pay him and also refused to generate the TPE because they didn't want to pay for that either. Uh and we just went and got Wesley Matthews out of the scrap bin and just, you're Malcolm Brogdon now. And then he was. It was just like, oh, okay. Like, and that worked out well for a year. And then he bailed for some reason. And then he went to the Lakers and then hated his life. And then people were like, you should come back. And I'm like, no, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, they did, they did the uh, – the Lakers tried to do the same thing. They tried to replace uh, – Wes Matthews, uh, or they were trying to replace Danny Green with Wes Matthews, and it did not work out well. Yeah, for man them. was washed. But, but any time that this happens, I mean, did you guys literally not just try to do the same thing with DJ Augustine and George Hill? Like George Hill leaves, you're like, yeah, just get DJ Augustine, and then it's like, oh, DJ yeah, Augustine. What not, a di- not like. Good. If we want to talk about just like masterclass trades, we took DJ Wilson, DJ Augustine, and moving down three slots in the draft. And turn that into PJ Tucker, which like completely useless role player, completely useless guy on a rookie contract who's like DJ Wilson. I love you. You need an opportunity somewhere, but God, you suck. <laughs> oh, that, oh, you're listening to a Sixers podcast. That's like literally every player that is loved by our fan base. Yeah. And just DJ. Yeah. And it was just like, how did we get PJ Tucker? How did we get them to take PJ Tucker for this shit? Like. I know PJ Tucker wanted to come here, and I guess it was partially them just like doing us a solid. But it's like you don't want to pay DJ Augustine for. I was DJ Augustine was so that, bad. That trip, I will say, like I mean, PJ Tucker obviously did good things for you guys in the playoffs. I'm not acting like he wasn't a valuable member. Like he was, he was a valuable player on your team. You, he served a purpose. He did, like whatever. But people talk about the guy like he's fucking the literally the best role player in the NBA. And like, he was very good for a stretch for Houston, but like he literally just stands in a corner and shoots, shoots three. No, like, there, yeah, there were definitely you, points where it was just like, especially in the Atlanta series, he had nothing to do. Yeah. Uh, that was like, why are we still playing PJ? Like he is not at like, that was the wildest. Uh, yeah. It was just like, what is PJ like doing? And who's he guard? If there's not a Kevin Durant, like who is he guarding? And it was, 
another thing in the Sun series where it was just like Devin Booker was just basically getting to put his hands behind his back and relax on defense because he's just standing in front of P.J. Tucker. Uh, exactly, and it's like you can hide someone on him constantly on when he's on Trey Young was on him and, at all times, like yep, and like yeah, exactly. It's like with the, in the Sixer series, like they would they would put uh, when they put Danny in a corner or Thibel in a corner, you could just hide Trey because no one can take advantage of the defensive weakness. And like in the modern NBA, being able to put the ball on the floor is incredibly valuable. And a lot of those guys that were very good role players for five, ten years that can't do that anymore, don't have as much value as they used to. And, like, that's why I don't get why everyone's freaking out about the Heat's offseason. Like, the Heat are going to be good. Like, I think the Heat are going to be good. I think that, like, Kyle Lowry is going to definitely bring a different element to their offense. I think that they'll be a very good defensive team. But, like, the idea that they're going to, like, beat the Nets or beat the Bucks is, like, a fucking joke to me. Uh What's a joke to me is them giving Jimmy Butler eighty-seven billion dollars for his like age thirty-five-nine season or whatever. It's like this Jimmy Butler, like I don't know. Well, I mean, dude, Pat Pat Riley, like fucking, yeah. he, dude, he literally is spends like he's gonna die tonight. Like he's just like, who cares? Well, this cocaine it's finally it's, take me out. No, yeah, exactly. My heart is going to explode from this cocaine eventually. Yeah. So. I might as well just give every fucking player on my team. Like, I mean, Kyle Lowry, as good as Kyle Lowry is, he's about to turn like 36 and he just got a three-year $90 million deal. Like Pat Riley spends like like literally like like Zach Lowe talks about with the fucking climate change shit. He doesn't care at all, dude. He's just fucking blowing money and and he just gets to fucking coast, dude. He's a media darling. No one ever criticizes any moves he makes. He has the easiest fucking job in the world. All he has to do is just sit back. Players will go there, sign for the minimum for whatever. Oh, Markeith Morris, like fine role player, whatever. Yeah, he'll sign here for the minimum. Duh, no state tax, so he'll take the minimum here. We'll get. We'll just get like a bunch of guys that like are like like Dwayne Deadman or whatever. We'll pick him up. Whatever. The Heat's best player then, in the Buck series, Dwayne Deadman. I, I feel like people don't really talk about how. Dwayne Dedman was one of the only reasons why they were in any of those games, which should be horrifying if you're a Heat fan. Uh, the only reason they were in the first game was because Duncan Robinson hit like 87 threes in the first game. And the Bucks, I think, shot not the Bucks shot 4% from three or like something horrible. Then the second game, the Bucks shot 90% from three and we were up by 50 in the first half. That was the best game ever. I got my... That was the Bryn Ford, yes. Bryn Ford I game. Got my, By the way... Did you listen to the Dan Levitard episode uh, after that I episode? I did not. It was so good, was, dude. It was uh, so. There's the one guy on there, Michael Ryan Ruiz, who does not like me. He has, he's actually gone on insane rants on the podcast because of my tweets before making fun of the Heat. And he, he's funny though, and like he goes, so he has like this character that is like the the, the Heat guy, right? And he's like. You know, I was just sitting there just thinking like, you know, we could just get like like Duncan Robinson hits a few threes, like Jimmy gets hot, like whatever. And then Bryn Forbes scored his 35th point. <laughs> and he's like, and then I uh, and then I turned off the game after Bryn Forbes made his like nine three in a row. They all were just like cracking up laughing at him. It was so I good, got my dude. account. He broke, I, broke his spirit. I got my account locked that night. Uh, because I changed my uh, Avi and my handle to the Milwaukee Fire Department and kept talking about the fire inside Pfizer Forum and how Bryn Forbes was a serial arsonist. 
I just tw- I, and uh, yeah, I just I just tweeted uh, like, "There's yes, we know of the fire at Pfizer Forum. Please stop calling." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God, Jesus Christ! I cannot believe I can't believe you haven't been banned from Twitter. Uh, neither can I, Absolutely. which is why I have Optimus Bucks as my nightfall protocol, where I basically follow all the same accounts, and if I ever disappear, it's just gonna be like, and moving right along. But well, well, I will say um, that I think that it's it's safe to say i i've learned from my past mistakes i don't i think you've done the same thing don't you have an account for videos i have which is basically uh, so there's the valley Oop, which is like my shit post video emporium and also i have the kxcn account which i just tweet everything that i think could be questionable media on the kxcn account and then i just uh, share it from that account but so yeah yeah that's brilliant because you know my old account got uh got uh taken away by twitter because i tweeted uh too many sixers highlights with cut to the feeling by carly ray jepson on oh, it hell yeah so, yeah which i mean come on like i i think the 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 fascists at twitter gotta lighten up a little bit and fucking just let me rock out to some crj but speaking of that free sam sheehan oh yeah our boy sam sheehan uh shout out to sam i heard he was suspended from twitter uh, recently, so ridiculous. For tweeting Jeb Bush. Uh, Wait, he tweeted. Was that okay? Was that a real yes. story? <laughs> that's why he got kicked off Twitter. So for anyone that listens to this, okay, podcast, I can't confirm that's why, but he did that and then immediately was kicked off. And I saw a couple Celtics people. I don't know if they were just joking or not, but I want to believe it's okay. I believe it is fact. So, so this is amazing. What happened? I literally didn't even believe it. I thought he was joking. I thought he just found a random picture of Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush <laughs> was in Maine where Sam lives and he was at a CVS using the phone to call his wife to come pick him up from the CVS because he locked his cell phone and his keys in the van. So if that's not fucking amazing, I don't know what is. It's it, I, if, if that's really the reason why he got kicked off Twitter, that would be an absolutely worthwhile venture for getting kicked off Twitter, in my opinion. But all right. So you want to wrap it up and talk a little bit about uh, the Rosa situation? Uh, dirty Mackin in the office. <laughs> Dude, what what is this? So so this guy literally if you don't know the background story on this, Gerson Rosas has an affair with someone that doesn't even work under him, works in another department. And he wouldn't get fired if he was just having an affair but he was just sleeping with this person in the office. He was going to baseball games on the fucking team's dime and and, and football club, the Minnesota United just macking in public. And it, it was just like, uh, he was also just created a toxic work environment. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, okay. By the way, when that came out, it was so funny. Cause they were like, <laughs> They were like, he also created a toxic work environment where people had to work long hours and had to do blah, all this like ridiculous. And then I'm like, okay, so you're describing like pretty much every job in sports. Like, I'm not justifying okay. it, but no, no, I his, think ass- I think the reason why you were fired was not because of that. Well, they don't a- give it. Front offices don't give well, a shit. Well, he also Come banned on. his assistant, G- uh, the guy who's now the EVP, Gupta. Is it Gupta? Do you know how to pronounce it? Yes. Okay. Sashin Gupta. Yeah, Gupta. Yeah, he's he was banned person. from the building. Uh, because he got into an arguments because he said uh, he was going to go take the Rockets job. And then uh, he said, no, you can't leave. Uh, we're doing too much in free agency in the draft and proceeded to do nothing in either. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh no, you're gonna steal the Minnesota Timberwolves plans? Like the the fucking worst, one of the worst teams in the NBA in NBA history. Who literally every offseason, if they have any plans, they're always bad. You were really worried that they were gonna do that. They didn't have any first round picks. They didn't even have a first round pick this year. They, they, as you said, they signed no notable free agents. They waited until the end of the offseason to sign Patrick Beverly, and he blocked him from taking another job because they would have stole their strategy. What a great Iconic. guy. Sounds absolutely great. And by the way, who is he friends with? Who are both of them friends with? Uh, Daryl Morey. That's right. <laughs> Daryl Morey. Not a good guy. What is it? What, <laughs> what is it? T- I'm not saying that he is on that level, but. What does a Timberwolves package for Simmons look like? Because I assume they don't want to include D'Lo, but if D'Lo's tweeting Kyrie goaded, you could probably get him away from Carl Anthony Towns, even though they're best friends. Like, get this. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie goaded specifically on the day where Kyrie came out with all this anti-vex shit, and and Carl Anthony Towns was essentially saying, you don't know what I've been through, all this stuff. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's not thrilled with him right now. The the ideal package, and I've said this many times, the ideal package from the Timberwolves is based around draft picks. Any package that you get from the Timberwolves that includes D'Angelo Russell immediately seals whatever, even if you had fake dreams of contention. If you get back D'Angelo Russell and he's your second or third best player, okay, good night. Embiid error is over. Like, like you said earlier, and Mike said on the podcast a few episodes ago, like the Sixers might have missed their window. They might have missed their shot. I have to keep lying to myself and telling them myself they didn't because otherwise we wouldn't well, be here. It's not, and I wouldn't have a purpose. It's not that they missed their <laughs> shot. It's that Kawhi made his. Ooh, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say if they were to get a package back from the Timberwolves, I want nothing to do with D'Angelo Russell. And that was even before that tweet. He's not – He's never going to be a championship level player. No. And I have no interest in that. Not that Ben Simmons is, but if if that's the return, I'd rather just get Kevin Love and draft picks. <laughs> would you okay, would you want Kevin Love and draft picks or Kevin Love and Colin Sexton? Yeah, that would be preferable. But I mean I would prefer Darius Garland if I were to get anyone from the I Mavs, don't I think it, they would also it, prefer to keep Darius Garland. I think they have I a brain. So but wait, hold on. Is Giannis on the trade block? Uh, well, they are the same player. I've been told that. Do you just need, we just okay? It'll. It's not. Uh, Giannis makes more money, yeah. so it actually saves you guys. Oh, money. That's, that's true. His supermax did just kick in. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Hear me out here. Giannis for Ben, same player. We're all in the same. I mean, people tried to say Giannis and Embiid wouldn't work because Giannis and Ben don't work, and I'm like. So you fundamentally don't understand. I, I remember a joking tweet. Anything. I said that Giannis and Embiid wouldn't work because Anthony Davis and uh, DeMarcus Cousins didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. All right. Well, I actually do have to head out. Uh, but uh, I think I thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. Um Hopefully you'll get to come back on sometime in the future. Maybe if we ever get the Bucks Sixers in the playoffs and uh, you can just uh, make fun of me because we'll probably get destroyed. You can have me on before that. It doesn't have to be. A sp- you can just ask me whatever, dude. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Well, then you want to come back on next week, dude? Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't do anything. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't have a life. <laughs> All right. People can follow you at. It's Nihilus Box, right? It's, uh, is it Nihilus underscore it Box? Is. I have too many followers as it is. I. I was trying to go on a self. I was after the ti- the title run went on too long because I was going to go under a self sabotage campaign because I have too many followers. I was going to try to get back under five thousand, and then I just didn't get around to it. And then the Valley Oop got popular, so I gained follower like a lot of followers. It w- went the opposite way. Man, what a what a burden! I know what a burden. It is. I hate having bits are. St- You're right though. At a certain point, you get too many followers. It, bits are nowhere near as fun when the majority of people are playing along. And like, I don't want people to play along. I want people to be confused and weirded out. But and then people think that I'm ignoring them because I don't respond to their tweets and stuff. And it's like, no, like if I did that, I would just be doing this all day. <laughs> it's just too much. We're too popular. Yeah, it's a, just the burden we bear. That's right. <laughs> all right, bud. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for coming on. Peace.